to the 9 to 5 Faith podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm here with my friend, Tanya. Tanya, can you say hello to everyone listening? Hello. What's going on, guys? How's it going? (laughs) It's fantabulous. Good. Uh, So can you tell our audience just a little bit about you right off the jump? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, My name is Tanya Tanika. I have been in business and ministry for over 20 years. Um, And I equip, train, and unite um, a lot of the, what you would call, um, we call them fivefold, but you can look at it as um, leaders in the industry, whether they're mentors, whether they're coaches, ministry leaders, whatever that looks like. So I help them understand, you know, get clear, become productive, And uh, so that way they can see the results and take action. Oh, that's awesome. And how long have you been doing that? It's been over 20 years. And how did you fall into that? Did you like decide to do it? Or like, was there a journey path that you just like decided to take? I don't I've heard anybody that actually is in a level of influence leadership say, I jumped right in because of all that comes with it. Um, essentially my, um, my high school sweetheart, we got married and, uh, we had our first son, uh, and then, um, I got pregnant with my daughter and the day that I got pregnant, I was able to, he came home from work and I was actually able to tell him we're pregnant. And at that point, um, I never saw him again. Um, he got uh, killed in a hit and run motorcycle accident. And at that point, it's like I became psychologically unemployable and I saw how my, the job treated me and how all that journey and the unrealistic ability to heal in a lot of areas um, before I went back to work. And um, so I started doing photography um, because I was like, you know, I wanted more memories and I didn't get enough pictures and photography was something I was, I'm such a creative and I'm really good at. So it just snowballed. And then um, lo and behold, how God works, um, a lady came to me um, from a networking company or networking place. It was like B&I. And she's like, I would really love to sit with you. And I'm like, okay. Um, And I'm an activator. So um, I don't just like speak on certain things. I should actually show you how to get it done. Right. And so she's like, I'd really, really love to speak with you. And I said, okay. So we had lunch and lunch became another lunch with three more women. And then 15 men and women. And then it grew and grew. And, um, I was like, there might be something here. (laughs) And, um, I started meeting with them monthly and training them and then having them come up and start coaching them through some areas biblically. Cause I got to see like the word of God. Like I always see it through business and biblical and building. Mm -hmm. And then lo and behold, it just never stopped. Wow. That's awesome. Grew. <laughs> now I actually like, if, if you're comfortable talking about it, you, you said something and I'm like, Ooh, I want to like dig into that more of like, Go you said it. I was psychologically unemployable, which I totally understand what you mean by that. Um, but like thinking of like people who are going through that as, as the employee side and the employer side, Okay. What is something that would have made that more manageable or na- like easier to navigate 
from your perspective of someone who might be going through either a, a tragic death like you did or or even something that they feel psychologically <laughs> unemployable um what do you mean like how how they can identify that or yeah if they identify and- that how could they jump out or yeah if they want to if they wanted to work through it and stay in the workforce or rather if you want to talk about it from an employer perspective of like what could employers do to help kind of ease that burden and and to help their employees better navigate like a tragedy like that so what I've realized um God has blessed me to be able to see through Ephesians 4 that there are different functions. There's different profiles. One of the things we see the apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, pastor, but what we don't also see in there that um, we also have in general, we have what the deacons and we have the elders. Well, what does that look like in the workforce? Well, you have those, I would say the elders would be the entrepreneurs. Hmm. So if you want to stay in the workforce, you want to stay where you one agree with the vision. And that you can be able to come and collaborate and that that employer honors your beautiful creative brain and all of the attributes and the way that you want to distribute that, right? And so that would be like, you have an employee and they love that. I'd say, oh my gosh, do you like marketing? Do you like communications? Do you like this? I want to make you the director of this because I know that your, your brain, you don't want to actually, you're still entrepreneurial, but you don't want to actually be the entrepreneur. You yeah. want to be able to come along, still have all the benefits, but not, not take on some of those things. You could be multimillionaire as an employee, just the same. Mm-hmm. It depends on where your employer caps you out. So what I would probably say is look at a company, a, 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 somebody who is in business that is in an area that you absolutely love. You want to start to follow them. You want to start to do that and make sure that they're making, I'm going to say anywhere between 250 to 500 K. You really want them in, in a different space and start going there and saying, Hey, this is what I'm looking at because you have to yield to your creative brain. You have to yield to the fact that you want structure because there is a safety in there, but that you want that, you like that, but you don't want to have the structure of prison. Mm-hmm. You want to know that you could oh, whoop, whoop, and piece together this and, you know, reestablish and say, okay, I'm going to take down this wall and I'm not going to take away the prime part of peace, but I, I want to add, and I want to make the living room more spacious. Right. You want to be able to have that. So that's honestly, that that's what I would say. You want to, you want to collaborate and be wherever you are, that's going to help you do that. So let's just say you're even working for Geico. Well, if you are just taking calls, that's not really where you're going to be. Well, see if you can get into the marketing department, see if you can, you know, explore and do something that would be more creative. So it's really just yielding to how you operate. If you're evangelistic, you're going to want to be on the communications. So then climb up the communications ladder. Yeah. Make sense and give them the innovative ideas, but just make sure that they're not going to cap you out, which is why I essentially say you can rub elbows a little bit more with someone other than Geico because you can only go, right? You can't like say, hey, what's up, Geico owner? 
right. founder. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not going to necessarily work. Right. So hopefully that answered that question. It's really yeah. just being where you are yeah. and that you're entrepreneurial, but it doesn't mean you have to own a business. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot because honestly, that is a little bit of like where I fall because I have many a side hustles, but I also work very full time um, and, you know, work for a different company, but I have those elements that I can, might not get fulfilled in my job, but I found other creative outlets Mm -hmm. to be able to kind of foster my strengths. So nail on the head, right on. Um, so talk about kind of what your day-to-day looks like and how you, how you incorporate like your time with God, your time with a community, your time with church in the midst of a crazy work schedule. Oh, so for me there, I don't separate them. Mm. That's number one. Yeah. A lot of times what we do is we separate God relationship and everything from what we do. So, um, and I'm not religious with it. Mm. So for instance, if I wake up at four in the morning and I'm feeling, I need to go work out. I'll go work out. Right. I'm not going to freak out because I didn't read three scriptures and chant five things and It's just not what I'm going to do. Right. But I'm always acknowledging God. Mm. So what I got to do in my life was always acknowledge his presence and be in gratitude for his presence. So while I'm working out, believe it or not, I'm talking. I'm like, Father God, I thank you. I am mighty. I am strong. Oh my gosh. You know what? I just want to get, but I'm going to put this first. I know I can do this, God. I know I can put my health first. You have so much for me. You know, and I'm literally, this is how I'm talking to God in my workout. Right. So it's like, we, we think that we have to be like right here with a pen and paper in this zone, in this little prison. Right. No, it, it's not that. Um, there's times that I'm like, I incorporate going for a walk. I just keep my phone off and I literally just talk to God on the way. Mm-hmm. I'll be in silence and I'll just be like, Lord, just, just speak to me. Just, just pour out your love. And I just want to acknowledge who you are right now. And I'm grateful for everything. So what I've done is I've incorporated him in everything I do. I don't care if I'm washing the dishes, I'm talking to the Lord or praying in the spirit. Um, I I'm, I'm doing a marketing campaign. God, would you put this here? I don't know. Does this even sound right? Okay. Let me read it again. Like what's your thought process on that? And literally Holy spirit will just like change this. I'm like, Oh my God, great idea. Why didn't you think about that? I'm literally talking to God like this. Right. The whole way. way. Um, I don't just pick up my Bible and flip and then just say, what am I going to read? I'm like, father God, what do you have to speak to me to, or what's going or where are we at? What do I need to heal from? What is this looking like? And then I go find what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, community, I'll be honest, community. And, um, I incorporate rest, a lot of rest, Um, I'm a creative person. So I change my environment a lot. Um, I know that I need to get out of my environment um, of sitting at a desk um, in order for me to be creative and in order for me to be present, I need to 
have rest and family time, alone time, Mm -hmm. self-care. I need to feel good, look sexy. Like I need that in order to really be present for, for anyone. Yeah. Um, and even present for myself. And so, um, when it comes down to that's like the rest. So I don't get caught up with a lot of the volunteering at church and community stuff because it is always there. Mm. So I'm not going to convict myself. I'm a wealth builder and I know my place. Mm. And so I am actually more effective in certain areas than to be volunteering. I have gotten into that place where I worked almost 80 to 60, 80 hours in a week. Okay. Volunteering, doing all that while my family went to crap, my marriage was going to crap. My business was pretty much non-existent. My lights being shut off, my, my kids not being paid and nothing happened from it. Mm -hmm. It's not like I was supported or helped. Yeah. So I would say, be careful because I don't want you prostituted either. Yeah. So if there's something that you know you're gifted in and your heart is like, oh my gosh, and you want to do that every other week or something, go for it. Yeah. If you know that you're supposed to be in the church, that's a different thing. I get it, but. Right. Yeah. And I think that, I think you hit on something too of like, you know, going, going to where your strengths are, um, if you do feel like you're, you're kind of limited for bandwidth, because like one thing that I do is like, I volunteer in, um, my church's like production crew, but I, I monitor their social media live streams, but I do social media for work. So for me, it's like not a huge like leap to take that next step and just like, Hey, like, yeah, sure. I'll sit you know, on, I'll watch some streams for a few hours, a couple weekends a month. And, and but that'll how do be you there. Feel? How do you, this is the key. Yeah. Do you feel like you've fulfilled something for God and you're excited to do it because you're like, it's like a, a, an extension. You really already love what you do. Yeah. And then it's just like, God, I'm doing it for the kingdom and you feel refreshed. It's not like, right. You just want to like, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, because yeah you're pulled every which way and guilted into that. Not trying yeah. to speak badly. Right. But I think that if we, right, if we could stay in this place, that's going to stay, God is always going to rejuvenate and fill. And yeah, he's going to stretch us and things will be uncomfortable. And we'll go into those places that are a little bit uncomfy, but you'll have the grace for it. That's how, you know, even if you don't want to do it, you'll be graced for it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I think one other thing that that you hit on. And, and I'm curious because I think looking into like the Bible, you see this kind of theme reflected and I'm like curious if it's going to come out in my conversations because so far with the women, I haven't talked to any men yet on this podcast, but with the women, they just say, yeah, I incorporate God into my like every day and I don't have to, you know, set aside specific time. And as a, as a, as I work through, which like is a theme in the Bible where you see the women just kind of going about their day and encountering Jesus where the men, they always have to retreat. And so I'm really curious when you're like, oh yeah, I just go to the gym and I, and, and I just pray to God. I'm like, yes, like absolutely. But I'm curious to see like in future conversations with the men, if like, they're like, no, I have yeah. to like lock myself away to like be able to spend that time with God. Well, you see that this is, I think this is also the beauty of, of how God made men and women. Yeah. 
And um, women, because we are responsible in that home and we have a little bit, we have, you know, um, if you're really, let's just leave a look at the Proverbs 31 woman because she's an yeah. entrepreneur, right? right? And so she, you know, she, you can tell she cooks, she cleans, she made her husband's name great. And she, you know, sewed her kids clothes and all that. And it was seasonal. So ladies don't go trying to do all that at one time. But, um, you know, then you look at it and the men, yes, they always went away because they're very focused. They have to be very mm -hmm. focused. They have to pull distractions. Women can have a lot of different distractions naturally around. And I wouldn't yeah. say it's multitasking, but we can have little things around us and we can zone things out. Yeah. Yeah, um, for sure. So I think it just really just attributes to how God speaks differently to men and women and how we are created, yeah. which is which is actually, you know, it's, it is, it's great because it doesn't mean that I don't need to retreat either to, right. to go away. Yeah. It just means that, you know, I've learned to adapt. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I find for, for myself, if I want a lot of like depth and insight and wisdom, I do have to retreat because I'm a little bit like shiny object syndrome, but <laughs> my, my everyday every day, um, encountering and relationship with God does look like incorporating him into like the, yeah. like I work out to like worship music, like straight up worship music. My sister works out to Christmas music. Like that's her. And I work out, work so out to, right. <laughs> and I work out to worship music. And so I think, I think it's kind of interesting to see like just the different facets that, that it does show up for men and women. Yeah, just do what works for you. Yeah. Like, I'll be really honest. I'm not, I, I like to expose you to new things, but I don't want, I would rather you find your own thing. Yeah. You know, of what works for you. Yeah. Well, and if something doesn't work for someone, they're not going to keep up with it. Right. Like that's what, what we're talking about working out. That's diet mentality. One Oh one. If you don't like something and it's not working for you, you're less likely to keep up with it than something that you do like and something that is fitting into your lifestyle and your workflow and all of that good stuff. Unless, and I've seen this happen where you're this like people pleaser oh, and yeah. you are trying to fit into this cookie cutter, or you know that this is a road to success. And so you just want to make sure that you follow that thing. And so it's like, you know, that this is what needs to be done. That's why I tell her, I'm like, okay, if I give you like these different steps, still do them, but modify them to see yeah. what works for you. Right. If yeah. your time is in the evening, okay, fine. I'm not going to like shoot you because of it. You know what I mean? Like we, <laughs> yeah. it's like, you know, like I know some like want to be a part of that 5am club and, and, um, and be able to, to grow in that area. And I'm like, okay, that's great. But that doesn't mean wake up 5am your first day. That means right. set your alarm clock 10 minutes, a little earlier, right. Every three, four days. And then eventually in the next three months, you're going to get there. It's like, <laughs> right. It's a give and take. Awesome. Yeah. It's like, do what works for you. Like, yeah. I also think too, and this is like completely a little bit of a, of a side topic, but I think that when you're saying like, Oh, when, when I work out and when I, when I, you know, just go on walks with God, I, I just keep thinking like, you know, that we're, we, we're driven in a very like image based society and like mm -hmm. how people perceive us um, and how we're perceived. I think of like social media just because that's what I do all day of like right. 
what if people were just like, I'm like bent over, like heaving at the gym, dripping in sweat. And I'm like, worshiping God, like hashtag blessed. Like what if that was the experience versus like, I'm in church and like the lights are dim and my hands are raised. Like what if it looks like me dying on the gym floor instead of like in a church yeah, worshiping? Yeah, yeah. I love it. I like it. I like yeah. the idea. I, I like think- the idea too. It should definitely Elizabeth- be a thing. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I've, I've had those moments. I've had those moments. Yeah. Like to have this lake right behind or this pond right behind. And I've had those moments where yeah. I just sat there and I was about to go for a speaking engagement. And so I, I always take about 24 hours to 48 hours before the engagement. And then after the engagement to completely like draw away. Mm-hmm. And, um, I literally was like, snot dripping you know those ones that come up in there <laughs> I mean it was even all of that I was doing I was doing the whole gamut okay I was not cute and um and I'm outside on the park bench you know outside but I couldn't control what that looked like and right. when the Lord hit me it's not like hey can you come back later because <laughs> I don't want right. to you know not look cute while I'm outside like it's just, right you know I, I think when it really looked when it really came down to it and God showed me the walk is going to just be between him and I, people are going to come and go. There's going to be people you think you're going to be in your life forever. And they were in there for a season. I stopped caring about what that looked like. And just, if anything was left behind, it would be just the pure genuineness of who I am. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, so you work with ministry leaders, but is there anything that you see, like, I I mean, I'm curious of like your clients, but also yourself of like, what, what is some of the biggest struggles that you see when it comes to practicing faith in like everyday life? Um, I'm so I work with, yes, I work with ministry leaders and, and entrepreneurs the same. Um, I'm going to say incorporating God. Hmm. And I know this sounds crazy because you're just like, dude, you're a minister. Like, hello. Um, We've been taught. I think a lot of times in church, we've been spoken at Mm -hmm. and we haven't actually been shown how to activate and apply these principles into our lives and what this actually looks like. And so you'll see, um, and I say ministry leaders and entrepreneurs is the same because you still have bills to pay. Okay. You still have to market. You still have to, you know, you're still hiring people. You're still, this is what we're looking at. And they don't know how to incorporate. They're taking principles that they learned, but it's like, that's not biblical. That's a Babylonian system. My love. Like, why are you doing that? Why are you marketing this way? Why are you, why does your sales look like this? Why does this look like that? You know, um, and they've really just copied, they're, they're like who they are, but they've copied false systems that are not going to work. They're not either biblical, they're manipulative. So that's been big. They don't incorporate. Yeah. It's like, there's no partnership with God. The, the, which then now breeds into, um, <laughs> every believer who feels like they're going to run a business feels like they need to have to speak to believers. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's not the case. You can still have, 
I just started teaching believers four right. years ago. Okay. Four years ago. All the other years out of the 20, I was teaching non-believers. Now you would see mm. believers be like, um, what you're saying sounds like this scripture. I'm like, hey, right. lo and behold, it is, you know? Yeah. And so they would see the the like I would describe marketing, like, okay, here's your out, your outer, your inner, and you know, like that holy place. And they had no idea that I was equipped, you know, right? Right. So, there's foundational things. So a lot of them are distracted thinking that they, when they build a business, that they have to build it and they're not going to glorify God if they're covert. Mm. They feel like they have to be overt. And yeah. I'm like, no, sometimes God wants you to penetrate some spheres of influence. Yeah. So I, I really have to say the biggest issue that I see is being able to incorporate God into your business and the biblical principles. When I say incorporate God, I mean, partnering with him asking yeah. him, is this the direction and not getting caught up in when you get a coach, a lot of times we're like, yeah, I just got this coach. I'm like, yeah, but they, they're mastering Facebook and you're called to Instagram. What is this going to do for you? Right. <laughs> right. Or like you get an evangelistic coach and then it's just like, and you're really like apostolic builder. <laughs> and it's like, it's not helping you at all because they don't understand you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what I would have to say. Like, yeah, there's not a lot of understanding in that. Yeah. And I think too, like I look at some of like the businesses who we now know are, you know, Jesus loving businesses mm -hmm. such as like Hobby Lobby and Chick-fil-A, right? Like right, right. those are two of like the big ones and it, and they don't sell Christianity, right? <laughs> like, like their ministry is not to be over in that way, but it's things like having a really good workforce at, at uh, Chick-fil-A. They're, they're known for their kindness. Yeah, um, the they're action. closed on Sunday to respect, um, you know, employees either, you know, either way you want to look at it, they respect employees time off or they're respecting the Sabbath, but, but, but it doesn't have to be, you know, we're not selling G Jesus isn't carved into the chicken sandwiches. Like, yeah. Like, I think that when people say, Hey, you know what? I have a Christian business. I'm like, what, what is that? Like, what is a Christian business? Mm. You have a Christian owner who reflects Christianity or the right. principles, or whatever within, but there is not a Christian business. That doesn't make yeah. sense. Yeah. A business, I cannot be Christian. A Christian is a physical being like it's a you know yeah. so when we're looking at that aspect and I think that's that's really this disconnect here yeah and then you know you have those that are so used to the ministry aspect where everything has to be free right and everything has to be this and, and then all of a sudden now I'm prostituting God because I'm charging for consultation or this or that I'm not charging you for prayer I'm not right. charging you for a prophetic word. I'm not charging you for that. I'm charging you for the, the wisdom understanding. It just so happens that in my consultations, I'm going to give you some prophetic words. Okay. Right. It just so happens <laughs> that these things are going to happen and I'm going to. Yeah. Also, this, this is a, out. this is another like out there Christian company that like people don't really realize in and out. If you're a West coaster. Are they really? They are so. Right. Okay. Like, perfect. You wouldn't think so of cute. it. But you flip the little fl fry container on the bottom, there's Bible verses. You look underneath the cup, there's Bible verses. Get out. I never Where knew do that. you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or yeah, on so the bags. 
So then it's holy. We're not going to gain weight. We can go to in and out <laughs> Doesn't count. They're, those are, those are, those are holy calories. <laughs> those are holy calories. Those are holy calories. Oh my gosh. I did not know that. I yeah. love that though. So it's, it's those little, little touches that, that can show up and, sh- uh, you know, demonstrate faith where you don't have to be, yeah. you know, selling prayer, for example. <laughs> Now I'm going to go like into in and out and I'm going to be looking for all there these you go. pictures. Everywhere. So if anyone's listening to this and they're on like the West coast and have access to in and out, this is your justification to go get in and out and go, uh, prove my, prove my, uh, my assertion true. <laughs> I love it. So I want to circle back on one thing that you said of like, you know, sales and marketing practices specifically. Cause I feel like that those are mostly the most public, um, or like forward facing practices that can be manipulative and that can be kind of unethical, um, and unbiblical. If we have listeners listening to this and they're like, well, two parts of that question. One, how do I know that I'm involved in, you know, practices that might be, you know, less than savory. And also like, what can I do about it? Like, I, I just work for a company and this is how they told, taught me to sell. What can I do about that? Yeah. So you're going to want to test every spirit, right? And we look at it from that perspective. So let's just say I'm giving you this, um, I'm selling you this product. And in the end, how do you feel? you know that you feel some kind of way when you're not only giving and selling the product, but then you're making your people feel a certain way too. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at it like fear-based marketing, Mm. right? That manipulation, the gate is closing this. And then you look back three days later and the price never went up. They lied. Okay. (laughs) And then, you know, the, the, the door did not close. Um, And then all of a sudden, you know, afterwards, it's like, you know, a week into the program, oh, they reopened the gate for their last people. I'm like, dude, that is so manipulative, right? Yeah. But manipulation, that's a form of witchcraft. Mm. And so this is a worldly system. But if God is one that it's by the goodness of God that people get called on to repentance, that God is the foundation of your business. If he is, you're operating in love. Mm foundation. Yeah. So my marketing is going to be different. Mm. It's not going to be all this fear base. That's going to make you actually activate a spirit of fear or pass on a spirit of fear, any of that. Right. It's actually going to make you feel hopeful. It's Mm going to make you feel amazing. It's going to make you feel connected. It's going to make you feel like, oh my gosh, familiar. Like, okay, this is, this is good. Right. Right. So we're talking about all of the positive things, mm-hmm. right? So it's not like, oh my gosh, are you constantly stuck in this and constantly can't get out of this? That's all fear-based. That's all drawn off of the woe is me victim mentality. Think about it, guys. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's all victim. You're teaching and confirming and affirming a victim mentality, right? But if you're like, you know, get excited to spend time with your family, go on the trips that you want to be able to go on, learn how to be more productive and get your message to the four corners of the earth. Now that that's exciting to me because now you're, I can see that you're going to come with me and collaborate and, and push things forward. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think one thing that 
is kind of maybe not hit on as much um, in the corporate world is like providing a good or service to actually better your customer or your client mm-hmm. and, and not just create like a line item or like like check I hit my sales numbers for the week but like actually wanting to like provide them some relief and I think that starts with with producing a product or a service that is actually helping people I I can agree with that and I think it's also having individuals that so you have to be convicted by that product like oh my gosh this is a great product and, you know, hopefully use it because um, that's kind of weird if you're selling something you're not using. Yeah. But um, I think the other thing is to make sure you have the right people there. Mm. So if you look at the evangelistic model, whether they're commissioned as an evangelist or they have that edge, I call it, they want, they're good at sales. They're good yeah. at connecting. They're good at drawing people in. They're good at building a, enough relationship to be trusted enough to then resource them. Yeah. But a lot of times you'll find that those that operate in different functions, right? They might be more creative, a builder, which is reference to the, an apostle or a prophet, um, more detail oriented, like a teacher. So you'll have these different things, right? And we've like forced them to learn sales. So they're like grueling and dumb over it instead of helping them understand sales in their their way that will help them right adapt it into their natural speech I realized when I would sell it would be in my live streams I could close like 10k 15k in a live stream and I knew that when it, it was if it was a live event or live in general like that was it it's my anointing to put everything happen So for me to do these one-on-one calls with everybody to try to do closing would be grueling. Yeah. I wasn't at my highest point of activation. Mm. I think it also matters knowing how you operate, how God created you to function and being okay with that. It's absolutely beautiful. And you have a place. Mm. Yeah, man. I, I think that that last part that you said of like, operating like within yourself and like within your capabilities, I feel like we try to force ourselves to be like a one trick or an all trick pony where it's like, we can do, what is it? A master, uh, master of none. Uh, What's the first part of that? The jack of all trades, master of none. There you go. Jack of all trades, master of none in in our culture. Cause just because of everything that is going on. And really like we can, I, I, I love to reference this quote because I feel like it not only like spiritually, but like culturally, it's like really appropriate and fitting, but it's, um, it's, you can't be anything you want to be. You can only be more of what you already are. I do like, okay. So I love this quote and I love what you just said. Yeah. I like that. Can I share my part? Yes, absolutely. Push back on it. (laughs) This quote jacked me up for years. Mm. Because when you speak to a creative, remember, you would say that to a Proverbs 31 woman and you read that scripture and you'd be like, dad, she's a jack of all trades. She needs to just master one thing. Here's the key. We try to master everything all at the same time. Yeah. 
So I remember my mentor, this is actually how I got in. My mentor said to me, you're a jack of all trades and a master of none. Do you know that that shook me? Mm. I actually closed off the areas of that God. I would start, I would finish. I, I wouldn't finish. I would self-sabotage. It wrecked me mm. until one day I went to go teach that. And yeah. I had no conviction on it. It was just, it was so detrimental to my growth. And he said, can you go read that again? And I'm, I literally like her. And I was like, I'm going to go, okay, let me go look at the script, this, this um, phrase again. Yeah. And the actual phrase was a jack of all trades, but a master of none is oftentimes better than a master of one. Mm. And what that showed me was that there are some individuals that are going to master different things in their life. And because I mastered different things in, in different parts of my journey, I am able to be the most versatile midwife to entrepreneurs and ministry leaders because I have been around the block in many areas and mm -hmm. I'm able to see, and it actually makes me a better builder. Yeah. But I love what you're saying because there's, there's that part too. Yeah. Where, you know, just stay within your zone yeah. of, of that zone of genius, but you can explore other areas to see if you can bring additional skill set or elevate that or yeah. bring a different mastery, but don't dive so deep into something that the minute that you feel that it's stressful and it's not what it is that we tend yeah. to just continue on. Yeah. And, and I'll give you an example of like very recently where I saw that in my life. It Like I love to cook. I am I am proud to be a millennial who can cook really well um, because we have a really bad rap for just going to get like takeout all the time. Um, yeah. I love to cook and I love to be in the kitchen and I'm, you know, on my own health journey. And uh, it just got to the point where cooking my healthy meals every week was so draining. So dr like, like emotionally, like I was just like, no, like, I'd rather not eat than go in the kitchen and cook. And wow, really? So you went from loving cooking to then. Yeah. And it, it like took away this huge piece of joy. And, and I was really wrestling with it one day and I was talking with my husband and he's like, well, like, can't you like pay someone to do that? And I was like, yeah, but like, I can do it. Like I can cook. <laughs> Like, why would I go pay someone to like make me some grilled chicken when I can do it? And he's like, because it's stressing you out and it's like taking away this joy you had in your life. And that was like a really big point of like, just because I can do something doesn't mean that I am meant to do it in that regard. I love men. They're so like, they're like, well, duh. Like, uh, this is <laughs> but you know what? In your brain, it's so interesting. Cause like, it's like, what happened? Yeah. What happened? It could be like, you know, this, this one lady I had followed years ago and a similar situation. And she was just like, she said the first thing she did with the money that she had, which changed my life, instead of putting into marketing, advertising, whatever, right. she put it into a chef that would make her the five meals a week. And it was, they did all the vegan that like they did yeah. her whole health thing. And all she had to do was pop it in the oven. They froze it for her. And in that time, that hour and a half, two hours, five hours of from grocery shopping prep and right. all that out of the week, 
she spent with her sons. Yeah. And it was common sense for her. And it was like, well, that was not common sense. You want to know why? Because a wife cooks and she cleans and she does yeah. this and she does that. Bro, you gonna eat, okay? Yeah. Whether I go get it <laughs> delivered or whether not, we'll leave right. our big family dinners for Sunday and you can eat all of my cooking. But right. you know, yeah. So I love how your husband said that. Yeah, he was just like, but like what? Like he's so pragmatic. He's like the oh. pragmatic soul to my heart. Um, but it was just like, why wouldn't you like if this is stressing you out, like this is something. And I was like, but I, but I can do it. And, and like, by me, you know, in my head, by me, like accepting like someone else cooking for me, that was me ad- admitting that like, that was my weakness and that like, I couldn't do it. But I was like, no, it's not that it's that this is like something that is outside of my zone of like where my focus is right now. And guess what? Now I'm cooking more than ever new foods that I've never tried and that are delicious. So now I have lunches taken care of for the week because I work from home. My lunches are taken Come care on. of and I have energy at the end of the day to like go make some like pork steamed bao buns. And guess what? They're delicious. Heck yeah, this is great. But so see, that's what I'm saying. Like you were yeah. like, okay, it's not fun for me. Can I do it? but I want it to be fun again. So what can I do? Well, when you went and had some hired somebody to do the dinners or whatever, it yeah. actually released you back yeah. into having fun. Yeah. And I feel like with, with entrepreneurs and people who are working, they like kind of get, they kind of get stuck in this mentality of like, but, but I can do it. Yeah. But like, that's not where, uh, my zone of genius. That's something I said was used a lot in my old job. I'm like, where's your zone of genius? Like where, where is it? Um, there's a book called the, I haven't read it yet, but the premise is like your blue flame of like, where's the hottest part of like on a matchstick, the blue flame, the part in the very middle where it's the hottest, where's your blue flame. And, and that's what I always think of like, Oh, okay. This isn't in my blue flame. I need to go do something else and be totally okay with it. Yeah. But that's where we have to relinquish all of these status quos and, and other things. What works for you and your family is not going to work from others, but your husband is still the head of your home. You know, it's kind of like, let's, let's, you know, grow with this. Yes. And, and also like, one thing that was like a really big mantra for me in the past few years is like two things can be true at once. Like mm-hmm. I can be a really good cook and I can also outsource my meals. Like both yeah. those things are true. And you know, that's stewardship. Yeah. That's showing that you are mature enough to have a, have to just like your stewardship. Like I remember when I would get individuals to come and clean my home and you know, I have like high, high fans and all that stuff. And it's just like, well, you know, uh, I'm a woman. I'm supposed to be doing that. That's my duty. That's what, like, you know, yeah. and it would, and, and, and it, I was like, no, 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 no. That's it's taking, it started taking away from my femininity because mm-hmm. I started like, I was stressed all the time and I would, and it's just like, no, I could be there. I, now, while somebody's clean, I could go practice basketball with my son. Yeah. I could do, you know, I could be more present. That's actually just stewardship. Yeah. Well, I feel guilty because we're stewarding our family and what it, what works. Yeah. And also like, I think that when, when we acknowledge those things, like we're not getting them for free, right? Like we're also paying and providing business service 
for all the other businesses that are out there that we're utilizing. Yeah. It's like, we, it's almost like we were, okay, God's giving us the, this wealth transference and all, and then now we feel guilty yeah. because we're looking, we're using these things to simplify our life so we could multiply our presence mm-hmm. and be more omni, you know, omni, like they call it now, omni marketing, where you're kind of like on all the, like you're a little yeah. bit everywhere all at once and all that. And it's omni like, omni channel. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that omni. And I'm just like, you know, I look at it as I could be more. Mm-hmm. If I have some, if I hire certain individuals to do certain things, not that I'm not capable, but yeah. I have more ability now to free myself, steward my health, my time, my life way better. And mm-hmm. I can actually show up even more than that hundred percent for not only my family, but for my students or those that, you know, are connected to me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's like one of the things that I've really been like, noodling on and having these conversations for this for this podcast and like god is giving us the opportunity in our work life so that so like our purpose might not be within our work life our purpose might be what our work life allows us to have outside of our work life that might be the blessing that might be the ministry that might be the purpose is outside of what we do every day not to say that he can't work in what we do every day but that might not be the sole inclination of of why we're doing what we're doing yeah i mean he he might be saying hey you're doing your work your job you're doing whichever and you know i, I want you to take that and I want you to bless this organization. Right. Um, you know, there's all different types of of things. You know, we have domestic violence and foster care and and human trafficking. We have all these things. It could be a part of something else. Sometimes right. people want to like they. It's like it's really weird. It's like I think the church has has done this where they've put people in fear, so they feel like they have to build everything. They can't mm-hmm. work for man. They can't do this. They can't do that. And it's because they're like you're gonna miss God. You're going to miss the move of God. If you don't do this right now, if you don't build this right now. And it's like, and this, this big, this weird thing of just because you have a conviction, like why I don't need to build it. Like Mm -hmm. I'm with human trafficking. And um, instead (laughs) of me going to build this organization and trying to do all this and build a nonprofit, I just went and sat on a board of a human trafficking and, and, and decided to be able to speak and maybe invite them to do a, an open seminar where in my building at the time that, you know, uh, that they can come and speak and do a teaching and invited everybody and yeah. then shared like where, you know, where some of the money that people pay me in business for consulting or however, where that goes. Yeah. You know, it was just something simple like that. I didn't need to go build. Yeah. But guess what? If I, I couldn't sit on that board and do those different things and volunteer and make an impact in community or do anything. If I didn't hire some, if I didn't like go get hello fresh to cook right. or, you know, or if right. I didn't like have, you know, my house cleaned or whatever. So yeah, I totally agree. Like it's, yeah. everybody boxes everything in to be like this end all. Yeah. And, and I think too, like at the end of the day, like it's, it's what is, like God's going to make his plan happen, whether or not we want to be a part of it. (laughs) Like, like it's an honor and a pleasure and that we get to be a part of it. Um, (laughs) but also if we miss the bus, there's going to be another one coming. Like (laughs) I, I, I think one thing that 
I found myself getting stuck in, especially like in the beginning of college years is like, I have to know what God has planned for me. Mm -hmm. And while he might, and for some, he might have specific plans of like, this is where you're supposed to be. I'm like, I'm limiting God. If, if I say like, if I take the job or I don't take the job, if I take the job, is that really God's will? Well, guess what? He's going to work through me, whether or not I take the job. If I take the job, he's going to set a plan there. If I don't take the job, then he's going to set a plan there. Either way, he is sovereign over that. I just look at it as God will course correct you. Yeah. If, if you're at the job and like six months in, you're like, oh man, I'm supposed to be doing this. All right. Well, God show me how I'm supposed to release and let go. And I'm good. Yeah. Right. And, and do it that way. It's kind of, I, I think that we just get to this point that we, we don't realize like we are in so control, so much control that we don't let things flow. Mm-hmm. And then and trust that God will course correct us. Yeah. Like, like there are some times that you might've felt like you missed the bus. Right. But guess what? God knew that you were going to be going through a traumatic experience or you were going to make a decision or whatever. So did you technically miss the bus? I don't know. Cause I bet you, if you look back, you see a little bus stop sign and the bus ain't even go by. Cause yeah. God, why would he send the bus? If he knew he knows, Yeah. he knows that you're not now. You know what I mean? Like nobody's going to do like what we talked about. How many times, how many times when you told me before um, about the podcast, about nobody really talking about some of this stuff, how many times have you seen it? And and here's the bus, right? You're thinking the bus is passing. The bus is passing. And in all reality, no, it didn't pass. He was like, I already know on February 22nd, 2023, (laughs) she's going to be talking to Tanya and this this is the conversation and this is what she's going to be doing, even working full time and all of that. Like the bus is yours, girl. Like, you know, I look at it like that. I'm like, hey, nobody's taking, nobody's riding my bus away. Right. (laughs) So um, there is not, like, if you look at that, there could only be one health coach in the world. Yeah. One, like, you know, one activator in the world, one social media person in the world, nobody's going to have your beautiful brain and the way that you see it. Yeah. And also there's a lot of people. I I always get myself caught up of like, okay, like, are people really going to buy my things? And then I like, look at how many houses are in a specific neighborhood. Like, okay, there's a community going in that's going to have 5,000 houses. How many people are living in those 5,000, probably 10,000, maybe 15,000 people will live in those 5,000 houses. Exactly. And that's a lot of people. (laughs) But I also look at it as I could listen to the same podcast, right? Somebody can do the same thing that you're doing, same time, talk about whatever. Yeah. But guess what? Because you told me about how you released cooking and that you can still do it and all that you you helped me out in such a way mm. that changed me it was positive it wasn't fear-based but it just did something to me and then it's a bonus that you you know you got your curly hair and, <laughs> and, and you know and I want it you know so yeah. it's like um guess what now I just I want to work with you yeah. I'm, I'm almost like, okay, pay, like, what else do you have, girl? Like, what can I, can I get something from you? I've had people purchase things from me and connect with me because I have a pit bull. All right. Okay. Because, right. Because I, I love my pit bull and, and, you know, and they're just like, yeah, 
because they feel like they're misunderstood and all that. I mean, it's the weirdest things, okay, yeah. that people will, but yeah. And I will, I will listen. I'll have other podcasts I can listen to, but I'm going to yeah. listen to you because go. your heart, <laughs> it can't be duplicated. Thank you so much, Tanya. Oh, this conversation has been so good. So as I like to wrap up every single episode, um, yeah. Like you said, you're an activator. So let's go activate some people. What can people do this week to help them implement a faith building discipline or practice into their life? I'm going to say start small. Um, What is practical that you can stick with? And I want you to time block it. Right? So if it's not in your schedule, you probably won't do it. Yeah. What do you need to do? There were times that I had to literally put it in my phone. Um, I had to put an alarm on my phone. Um, I put a sticky pad um, saying a quote or something on my bathroom mirror and on my side of my, um, which I'm gonna call it, my uh, nightstand. I had um, three or four alarms throughout the day when I was trying to remember to keep conscious that God is present and that he can be in everything that I do. So do what works for you. What is going to work for you? What time of day is that going to work for you? Take one thing and just play around with it. But here's the key, time block it. Give yourself the block of time. If you look at my schedule, my schedule is completely time blocked, Mm, right? That means I allot, and I'll share with you, I allot each and every time block. There's not one thing that you can go on here you know what I'm doing when I'm doing it, which means that I completely shut off media. I'm not going to miss anything. And I literally focus unconditionally Mm. on that. That, that reminds me a lot of like, uh, Dave Ramsey's every dollar. So like account every dollar in your budget, whether or not you like Dave Ramsey, but account for every minute and every hour. His app is cool. I know. I like it too. But some people are like, do not like Dave Ramsey. So I wanted to add that caveat, but like, uh, adding, like blocking in accounting for every hour of your day, um, to, to make room for God. And even if it's setting your alarm five minutes earlier, a couple days a week, so you can wake up at 5am. Yeah. It's, it's, it's literally saying, okay, this hasn't worked for me before. What can, can work for me in this yeah. time? Right. I, I laugh at God. Cause I'm like, I wish I could be a part of the 5am club. Cause he thinks it's funny. I'm up at four and um, <laughs> I'm like, can I be a part of the 5am? Um, but you know, there was a season that I was not feeling well and, and certain stuff. And I had to not kick myself because mm. I had to wake up at six 30 or seven. Yeah. Now I would be up at four and then I would be like, Tanya, you're not feeling well. Stop being controlled and feel bad. Just rest. So then yeah. I started getting certain things done in the evening time to prepare for the morning to make myself. So when you time block, just make sure that you're flexible. If if you are like, hey, I'm going to do this project, this project and this project, and it doesn't work out because you're feeling off, you didn't drink enough water or something happened to where you just need to be with God and you're, you're moving too much, be okay with it. Yeah. Because what I would do is whenever I would go back to look at my schedule, I would look back at the prior weeks and I would actually see that there were some really big, um, areas that I could actually say, Oh, I know what was going on and why I didn't finish what I was 
what I was supposed to finish. Yeah. And I could see when I went to bed, when I did it, it was, it was, it's so interesting to be able to do that. But like I said, just make it simple, pick one thing and just put it in your schedule and then put it everywhere you can see it. I mean, put why you're doing it, like write a scripture, um, put all the wonderful benefits, how you're excited about something, whatever that looks like, plaster it everywhere, on your bed, on your mirror, change your phone picture. I don't care what you got to do, but literally live it and breathe it. Yeah. Even if it's just drink more water, who cares? I love it. Thank you so much, Tanya. What a, what a great takeaway. And I will probably be doing setting my alarm back five minutes to uh, get my butt out of bed a little bit earlier. So I know. And then ask God, what, what, what is he, what does he want you to do with the time? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Anytime I wake up earlier, I'm like, okay, God woke me up for some reason. Like, let's go spend some time with him and figure it out. So where can people find you and your brilliance? Uh, you can just go to tanyatanika.com. Um, makes it really easy. You'll be able to find all the stuff that I'm doing. Awesome. Awesome, Tanya. Thank you so much. I appreciate you joining us today. Anytime. Thanks for joining us. If you liked what you were listening to, make sure you subscribe and hit those five stars and we'll catch you on the next episode.